Composer and pianist Gabriela Montero has not only captured the world's attention because of her beautiful playing and ability to spontaneously improvise, but because of her compelling political commentary through music. On her latest album, Montero presents Rachmaninoff's Piano Concerto No. 2, her original composition, Expatria, and three piano improvisations. Expatria is a particularly bold statement, inspired by Montero's passionate advocacy for human rights in her native Venezuela and in opposition to the current regime there. She spoke to us about the power of music, improvisation, and her thoughts on the current state of Venezuela. She explains why she could not stay silent any longer. I think that perhaps time constraints have to do with it, but I also think that maybe the need to write something, the need to sit down and actually tell a story, maybe belongs more to another time. I don't know if it's a matter of lack of time, like I said. In my case, what brought me to actually sit down and write something was Venezuela and was the situation there. And that's really why in 2011 I sat down and I said, I have to write about this, I have to make a statement about this, and I cannot live in silence. So perhaps that kind of urgency is what led me to finally make that step to be a composer. Improvisation is vital to jazz and typically not associated with classical music. Montero defies this stereotype, having received much acclaim for her ability to improvise in a classical setting. Composing on the spot has been ingrained in her since she first started playing piano at seven months. Montero discusses her early years of playing piano, improvising, and the classical world. I've improvised since I was little. I started to play the piano when I was seven months old. I started to then be able to actually play it when I was 18 months, and I was improvising at that time. And there are over 150 recordings of tape cassette recordings, when, when those existed, of the age of a year and a half till about seven. And so for me, improvisation was so much my life at the piano. But then... For many years, I didn't improvise, and this was under the ill advice of someone. So I kind of put it away as something that belonged to me and that was meant to be just mine. I was kind of embarrassed about it, let's say. And when Martha heard me play 14 years ago, I also improvised for her. I improvised on her character and her stories. And she just looked at me in this very Martha Argish way and said, Gabrielita, but why aren't you doing this and sharing it with the world? I mean, why doesn't anybody know? So that was the moment after all those years of kind of guarding it and keeping it as a secret that I finally felt I had the stamp of approval from such a great artist to just do it. So that's what I did. I said, I don't care if the classical establishment thinks it's wrong or if they're not ready for it or they think it's too risque. This is who I am and this is what I'm going to bring to the world and this is who I'm going to be on the stage. On this latest recording, Montero includes three of her own improvisations. She explains these pieces and how they rounded out the album. I went to the hall and recorded 21 of them. I was there for three hours. I didn't stop. As I do when I improvise, I go into a flow of consciousness where I just go into a world where I'm just kind of possessed by it. And these were the three that we felt would give some kind of respite to the recording, which is so intense and it's so huge. And the whole human rights message behind it as well is, is such an um, intense message. So these three recordings are a way of saying goodbye. The first one is very Baroque. The second one is very Ala Rahmaninov as a sort of homage to him. And the last one has 
very much a Venezuelan tinge to it. So it was meant to just send the listener into an, another mood after having said so many things in the recording. The recording features the piano concerto number two, written by Russian composer Sergei Rachmaninov. Montero felt a connection with Rachmaninov's mission to capture the images of people and places through music. She describes the beauty of this piece and why she chose to perform it. The beauty and the power of this concerto comes from his suffering, having come out of those years of, of creative, desolate years. I think that it's such a raw and such a real and such an honest portrayal of who he was at the time or what he wanted to express that I can't help but cry every time I play it, every time I hear it. It's music that goes directly to the heart. It's very stoic, it's very noble, it's very romantic, but in a way that is not overly sentimental, but rather just for him to try to tell the story in the most authentic of ways after having gone through a very, very difficult period. And it's a piece about rebirth as well. I found this juxtaposition of the beauty of the music and at the same time the beauty of the suffering, to some degree, incredibly moving. Perhaps the highlight of Montero's album is the world premiere of her composition, Expatria, a powerful homage to the victims in her home country of Venezuela. She discusses Expatria as a form of political protest, portraying a collapsed society devoid of justice. The piano part of Expatria, which is very difficult and requires a lot of stamina and a lot of force, because I am trying to depict gunfire, I'm trying to depict destruction, all of these things, you need a lot of sound for that. It's very percussive. I improvised basically the whole piano part. It was done in segments, but very fluid and very long segments. And then the orchestration was very much placed around that and in the same manner, but constructed around the piano part. So there were somehow two voices that had a conversation at some point, but you feel very much the struggle between the piano and the orchestra where there's a lot of stealing of elements and melodies happening. And it was meant to be like that, this constant feeling of being in the middle of, of gunfire, being in the middle of a threatening situation. Montero collaborated with conductor Carlos Miguel Prieto to help spread the message in this music. Prieto empathized with Montero's goals as a composer and proved to be a strong leader for the musicians in the YOA Orchestra of the Americas. He is a wonderful friend and a wonderful musician, and I was so happy that we could collaborate on this together. Carlos Miguel is Mexican, and he is an incredibly talented guy, as well as a very nice person. And he brought to the recording, I felt, this kind of ability to dance and ability to make the recording very physical as well. Expatria is a very physical piece, as is Ramayana of Two. And I really love that about him, that it's not just about his role as a conductor, but his role as an instigator to the younger musicians. He's very much aligned with my desire to create change through music as well. So there was a real empathy, not only musically, but also psychologically and philosophically in this recording. The YOA Orchestra of the Americas includes musicians from all over the world who are under the age of 30. Montero recounts the kinship that she felt with these musicians and why they were the perfect group to collaborate with. It's just a wonderful organization. It's the YOA Orchestra of the Americas. It's a Pan-American orchestra. Many of them have won major competition prizes. 
like the concertmaster of Nigel that did this recording with us, was fourth place in the Tchaikovsky competition. So this is a level of these musicians. And what I love is that the range of where they come from. I mean, it's incredible. With all these musicians come from all over the U.S., Canada, Latin America. And I have to say that I'm so happy I did it with them because I wanted this recording to be not just a recording of a great concerto and my own concerto and my own piece and improvisations, but also for it to be a social statement. The fact that it was recorded in Costa Rica, the fact that it's an orchestra comprised of so many different nationalities, the Latin American musicians very much understood my message of expatria. They were very empathetic with what I was trying to do as a composer, and many of them came to me with tears in their eyes saying, Gabriela, we want to also use our music to talk about creative dissent, to talk about human rights issues that are so much more important than music, about life. And uh, I really felt uh, an incredible kinship with all of them. And it's an orchestra that is full of life, full of vitality, and they play like it's life or death. That's how involved they are. According to the pianist, due to the grave situation in Venezuela, Montero has not returned to her home country in five years. She describes her self-imposed exile. You could say it's a self-imposed exile, but I haven't returned in five years to Venezuela because it would be too dangerous for me to do so. And because morally, I think it's just wrong that I return to my country with bodyguards, with a bulletproof car, which is what I would need, which is what everybody needs in Venezuela at this point, because it's so dangerous. I think it would be sending the wrong message to the world that I return with this special treatment, but everybody else is exposed to being shot, being killed, being murdered in any moment. So I, I refuse to go back until there is a significant change in Venezuela, which by that I mean there is a change in government. Montero explains in her own words how the Venezuelan government portrays themselves as progressive, when in reality they use music as a tool to cover up violence and oppression. She stresses how important it is for musicians to stand up for fundamental human rights and bring awareness to corruption. The thing with the Sistema is that it shares with the world this image of a Venezuela that is this utopia, this social changed Venezuela, you know, a government that has been a progressive government, and that is absolutely false. Although I've always said that I find there are many beautiful things in the Sistema, and I think classical music should be a part of every child's life. I think when you start to use music as a smokescreen that is funded by that same government that has destroyed the country, then you're dealing with paradox. You're talking about music, beauty, truth, and then at the same time sharing a message with the world, a facade that is about oppression, about violence, and about corruption, using music as a tool. Music is never above human life. Music should never be more important than human rights. And unfortunately, the government that sponsors the Sistema is the same government that has destroyed Venezuela. So it's a complex situation, but I believe that it's time for the musicians and for everyone to really speak about what is happening in Venezuela and to really bring light to the horrific situations that people are living there now. Gabriela Montero has become a vocal proponent for radical change in her native country, Venezuela. 
It was this passionate point of view that inspired the musician to release her latest recording and compose Expatria, a portrayal of a country she barely recognizes anymore. With this album, Montero proves how music can be a powerful way to make a political statement. For Crossover Media, this is Amanda Bloom.